child Yeah, your skin can bring you so much pain Now I hear you say You got the best of both ways Won't you come and take a walk in my shoes And tell me if you take my place Under the cover of my skin Episode number 268 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Can't say a big show coming at you this week because it's not quite that big this time of the year. Not a lot of race results. Um, but we'll talk about Zatapak, which happened last Thursday night. Talk about a couple of our award show uh, nominees, which are coming up in the next couple of weeks of the episode. Listen to questions there, moose on the loose, all those kind of things. But um but the big news coming out of Anglesey at the moment is the big fella's up and about. is back on as the big dog of the show, the only one doing a few Ks. Julian Spence, welcome to you, and welcome back to the big dog status of the Inside Runner podcast. Thanks, mate. I've, um, I, I think this is what the listener's really interested in. They want to listen to the 214 guy train, not the 220 guy, or the guy who doesn't race, croaks. They want to hear someone who's... Been there, done that, and back at it again. He's back smacking the long runs, croaks. He's up and about too. Even talking about starting his own side project on Patreon for the next 10 weeks. We'll get to that a bit later on as well. But welcome to you, Bradley, up in Canberra, the 217 man from the Lake BY Marathon. How are you? Good, thanks, Brady. All's well up here in the capital. That's good. Weather's turning around a bit too, isn't it? Yeah, it's warm. It's warm. It's, uh, and speaking of moose being up and about, it's good because hopefully that'll limit the amount of bloody dog talk Yeah, he's talking true. running. Yeah, yeah, I think I, you will. I think I reckon you've underestimated how how much people like the dog talk. A lot of people reaching out appreciating the dog talk. A lot, a lot of people reaching out. What was he saying today? People in his DMs all day or something as well. Just exaggerates <laughs> everything this bloke. Three people would have hit you up about German Shepherd chat. I reckon that's about it. Uh, let's get talking though, Moose. Take us through take us through Monday through to Sunday. I think this is eleven to ten weeks out. From the Osaka Marathon? Know. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm not sure because I don't really have a training plan like put together as such. I'm just going to do very similar things each week, maybe just progress the long run out a bit. So I don't know exactly uh, what, what, we're, what we're at. Uh, I've, I've got a couple of races coming up, so that's probably how I'll, um, I'll gauge it after those races are done, then I'll see how long I've got left. So I um I ran on Monday, and oh yeah, with Ali we did our um, kind of recovery run together in Anglesey. The North Melbourne Footy Club were training at Anglesey, and um, so that was a highlight. I made a funny joke. If you haven't seen my Strava, it was actually quite good. Ran past a bunch of people listening, like watching the training, and that you could they were close enough they could hear our conversation. And I said, oh, Anglesey looked pretty good this year. And they laughed. And Ali laughed. And I thought, geez, that was funny. So I made sure I wrote it in the comments of my Strava title. 
are Anglesey the kangaroos as well. They are. They oh, are. they are. That makes the joke even better. I know. That's right. What have been right. funny, though, Moose, if you ran past and said, gee, they're looking pretty ordinary this year, Anglesey? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, the, the, the thing that made it the funniest is when I first said it, the bunch of locals who were watching kind of half kind of scoffed because they thought that I was being serious and then they realised I was joking. So it went from like a quizzical look to a very funny experience for everyone involved. Anglesey good though, because North Melbourne are pretty shit. So they could actually be on par. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, <laughs> it's the BFL, mate. And <laughs> Anglesey aren't great. I don't think they made finals. Well, I know they didn't make finals last year, but of course, Keris, the coach, talks them up each year. So... They're supposed to be pretty good this year. Uh, but the the funny thing was they used the ground for a few days down here, use all the facilities and everything. And um, what do you think Anglesey Footy Club gets in return? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> a sign jumper. Oh, really? Why don't they up it or something? Put some, put some pricing yeah, well, on they sh- it. They should. They should. And I think that's going to happen in the future. Um, they said they were going to give them more stuff. They just didn't. It's probably the local council that has like the rights to the footy oval, though, wouldn't it? Uh, it's probably. I'm not sure on that. I think the footy club they manage the the grounds and they sort of like maintain the facilities. Okay. Yeah. So uh, uh, mm, probably a mix, but anyway. So got it to Landy Field on Tuesday morning for our group workout. It was another good one. Did a combination type workout where we went ten minute threshold. And eight by four, 400 uh, with uh, 60 seconds between and then another 10-minute threshold. And the threshold is on a hilly loop around the campus. I, I started this workout, I ran the first 10 minutes with Gunther. So it was probably over my threshold. Um, if I go to laps and look at the, the average pace was 313. 166 heart rate, although that's under my threshold um it's still because it was because it was only a 10 minute repeat and it takes normally and the first kind of three minutes of downhill that means that i spent a lot of time pretty high up the threshold so i actually count that more like a um that's more like over threshold the effort was anyway and then head down to the track so three minutes in between the thresh and the 800s and the, the thresh, like the, I mean, the 400s were pretty, they, they weren't hard. They were probably at around 5K pace. So went 71, 71, 69, 68, 69, 69, 68, 70. Maybe a little bit quicker than 5K on some of them. The, uh, the group, there were a couple, like there was a group in front of Gunther and I who we would, get, who would spot about three or four seconds for the rep. And then we would chase them down, finish together, and we would do we would get that extra five seconds recovery um, while they went off earlier, and then we all went after the eighth rep, which the last two reps were getting tougher, and I knew the threshold component after that would be pretty hard. Um, but I, I instead of going with Gunther on this repeat, I I stuck to my heart rate. So for this 10 minutes, it was 3.15 average with 167 beats per minute. And that's way more accurate because I, my, my heart rate was already up. I was already 
pretty lactic, so um, there wasn't like a, a lag time to get the heart rate up. It was up early. So I thought that was a pretty good workout, actually. I was happy with that. It's, a, it's good to work a few different systems in the one session, especially going back to a threshold at the end. Uh, you're kind of thinking about that throughout the workout. They're, and starting, They're enjoyable, those workouts, though, aren't they? Because it kind of breaks it up a bit. Yeah, it definitely breaks it up. And it, it keeps you in control during the track repeats as well. Because if I had eight, say I had 12 by 400, I'm not doing them in 71s. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm busting them out a bit quicker because I want to get some, well, I just would, probably wouldn't be disciplined. But knowing that I had 10 minutes at the end, I'm, I'm staying controlled. It's actually good to put the um, brakes on someone. So if you're a coach out there who has an athlete who, who who's hard to hold back, if, if you put in something like that, it might help them um, stick to the workout plan rather than jet a few early reps and, and ruin it. Uh, so, yeah, that was Tuesday morning. Then went to Wednesday and... Uh, on a Wednesday, sorry, 10K on the treddy. The, the weather got awful and I was beat up. That track session kind of hurt me a little bit. So I was just a treadmill for for um, 45 minutes. And yeah, the treadmill is pretty kind to me. It loads my calves a bit more rather than my um, more than my knee, it feels like. So I can get on the treddy and, and, and kind of just recover a little better. I think I'll use it more often. And then Thursday, uh, I've got Thursdays off at the moment. So um, Brie went out for her session or whatever she did. And I looked after Pia and then ran a bit later. So just went 50 minutes around town. Um, Jess Stenson got some comments, got, got some likes on a comment actually. Uh, 42 likes, well done. I just flicked the one then. I thought it was pretty good from her. Well done. Yeah, good on her. She's right, though. That's a cute baby, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's a good... She did have to clarify that she was talking about the baby, not your run. That's where the humour come into it. That's where the life's come in. It's actually a good bit of shade if she was talking about my run, calling yeah. it a nice, cute little run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Considering it's actually pretty slow and yeah. short. Good on you doing 50 minutes at 4.41. <laughs> uh, we did a workout in... Um, Anglesey on the Friday morning so again I just jumped in with Ali's workout uh, so it was 20 minute at her her threshold then we jogged five minutes then we did 10 minutes at her threshold this was done around the river so a pretty slow place to run she we had Jordan running with us and Matt Matty Gunther was ahead doing his own workout the same one but to his own heart rate uh, so the lap paces were first 20 minutes 332 and then the second 10 minutes were 161 so for me this is probably just slightly off marathon pace marathon effort maybe the second 10 minutes was it getting into marathon effort it's it's probably good introduction to that kind of stuff um it's it's well it's pretty easy because that's not a high heart rate to hold for that small duration of time so the, these workouts are like like C workouts. Um, you can get through them without really getting a lot of stress, and I feel like I recover pretty well from them because they're barely stressing me. 
but that's what I need right now. I don't think I can handle two hard workouts and a solid long run. Um, so f- f- uh, Saturday, yeah, just jogged in the morning, um, another 45 minutes. So if you notice, like Mondays and Wednesdays, Saturdays are really easy and only about 45, 50 minutes, pretty slow. So I'm get, I'm, I'm, I'm doing some pretty rec- easy running. And then because Sunday is set up to be a little more difficult. So Sunday was 28K. It was pretty hilly, 600 meters. And what's the average pace? Like oh, probably. Your gap was like 403 or something. It's your croaker pace. Yeah. And the, the first bit. 404s. So the first bit of the, the run was pretty slow because we just cruised with the group. Um, so until, well, the 6K, we were running very slow. And then once we got, well, then we got up going from there. So 4.11s, 11, 3.59, 3.59, 4.06, 3.59. And we got moving after that. So it's a bit deceptive, actually. If you took out the first six and looked at the 22K after that, it was probably around like four-minute pace, a bit over some solid hills. So it, this is good for me because this is what I'm lacking. This is what I haven't done in a year or, yeah, or not a year, but probably six, eight months I haven't done this stuff. And this is harder than any workout during the week, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm telling you. K-17, this is, 331 gap. He's yeah. moving all right, Crokes. I saw this and my eyes lit up. I'm like, this man is fit. Why is your elevation so much higher than everybody else that you ran with? It's Take, not. Run an extra hill. Ellie, Ellie ran 30K and her elevation's 418. Oh, yeah, she didn't run the loop. Mayo on this Crokes. Oh. Who, who, who did you loop then? With you. Uh, Why wasn't Ellie doing the loop? Isn't she doing world cross trials? Get her on this loop, coach. She couldn't keep up. She got dumped. And oh, then she went up and did something. She, in the end, she got dumped, but she also ran a bit earlier because she couldn't be out there that long. Um, t- she got to get back for Tiggy. So in order to do her run, she got to, she has to start early. Was Toby's loop similar to yours? Yeah, he smacked up. Toby finished well. at 26. Yeah, so there's a 100, yeah. meters, 100 meters difference there. Right? Look at um, or who was the same as me? Uh, no, my it was pretty. Still, it's, regardless, it's still hilly. It's still hillier than any of the runs that I do. Did you dump the bad boy? Would he keep um, up? He he was fine. Okay, <laughs> he was okay. Uh, in the end, it was quite a good. Like we had four or five of us. Um, I mean, I was hurting towards the end, no doubt, because the last bit of it was downhill, so I could survive keeping up but this this was this is my workout of the week really and and this is probably the most marathon specific so as long as i'm recovering from this then i think it's okay it's just you've got to respect these ones i probably haven't in the past but i'm i'm i'm, I'm happy with how this is going now and but cam yeah. smith did he do the whole thing with you cam smith did my run yep yeah he had 682 meters croaks there you go. Moose is getting ripped off of his elevation. Yeah. It's funny mm. how it varies a lot, doesn't it, between like watch between watches? Cam, yeah, I wonder what, he, what sort of watches he got. Though, so I can't see his gap. Nah. What's he got a Garmin? Bit of a tight ass moose. Cam's. Cam. Yeah. Oh, he rocked it. He rocked up one day with a district vision hat, and the amount of shit that he copped for the whole run, he hasn't worn it again. He rocks up with an old Nike hat after that, and we just and we left him alone. <laughs> he had the uh, he had a Garmin nine four five. 
Yeah, okay. They're generally, so, they're generally pretty good. Yeah, you'd assume so. That's yeah. pretty close to what you got. <laughs> pretty close. Hey, um, yeah. I've got two questions for you, Moose. One, uh, have you contacted Asaka to be removed from the influencer wave to the elite wave? And my second question is, what sort of weekly mileage do you reckon you will uh, cap out at for this prep? Uh, first part of the question, I haven't yet. I thought I would just let Christmas go by and I'll contact them in the new year. And then second part, I don't think it will be too much higher than this. The, the workouts won't get longer. The easy days won't get too much longer. Uh, the long runs will get a bit longer, but nothing more than like eight to ten k longer. So I think perhaps one ten, one fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Mm. This question um, about the expectations leading into Osaka. Like I know it was a bit of a trip with Mizuno and a bit of fun to get back into marathoning and stuff. But how, what, like ten weeks out? What kind of time are you kind of aiming for? What's going to be a pass mark? What are you focusing on? Top Aussie. Top Aussie. <laughs> That's my next question about Top Aussie, but answer the first one first. Um, no, I'm not even thinking about a time because I don't. I honestly don't care. This isn't at the moment. I don't care anyway. I can't promise that I won't care getting closer to the race because it's in my nature to start caring about that. But for now, this far out, I look at the race and just think, oh, that'd be a real treat to to be able to complete a marathon again, and. I want to do it where I enjoy it. So I won't be going out on breakneck speed. I'll be racing it where I come home strong and ex- have a good good experience. That, that'll that still mean that I run as fast as I can, uh, but I won't be like taking chances early because it, I don't think that works anyway. But um, I'll, I'll be running experience. It doesn't work that well. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're the proof. You want to listen to my recap from last week, just the night before the race, if you can. Uh, my second question is, though, because the big news, my phone was lighting up all weekend when um, the big dog from Sweat Elite, Matt Fox, announced he'll also be doing the Osaka Marathon. So a bit of a perfect storm, the big dog of inside running, going head-to-head with the big dog of Sweat Elite. Is it in your head? Are you thinking about it? What are you trying to do to, um, yeah, get the better of that head-to-head? Uh <laughs> That's not a head-to-head because he'll be taken off. It sounds like he has an elite He's status. He's an elite start, yeah. Whereas I'm in the in the wave where... The influences. Yeah. There's a wave in between us and him as well, I think. So I'll be... What, so you uh, sounded like three-and-a-half-hour marathoners or something. <laughs> no, the, 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 the waves are broken up into the elites and then those that have provided um, a time like results, history, and then the third is those that have provided an estimated finish time. And so I'm the third. But I will consider how I'm going in a month or so and maybe request to get pushed up because they're actually accepting times that include my good results. So oh, really? I could, That's good. Yeah, I would be okay to do it. It shouldn't be any problem. I won't have to convince anybody. All right. Yeah, we'll just keep asking that question the next couple of weeks, Crokes. Yeah, yeah, it'll change. You'll be in change. the, you'll be in the elite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon you'll be the Australian kit moose from Doha. Oh, you should get get more than one run out of it. Mm, that's what I mean. Value for money. Do you have to buy that, or they give it to you for free? 
That's one I had to buy. No. No, no, sorry. I didn't oh. have to buy that. But there would be no way you would buy that kit. Fucking BLK. Absolute <laughs> garbage material. It's like wearing stuff from the local bloody sports um, school, like the school sports thing mm. where you go in and buy a basketball jersey. That That is fucked how, like, yes, I get these companies pay for sponsorship. Uh, like they, they they get to provide it. They pay the money to AA. But there's got to be a quality check there. You can't be sending athletes out in that shit. That's a, that was an, that was annoying to me to see to, to wear that kit and go. I'm in fucking Doha. It's 40 degrees, and you're making me wear this piece of shit. Mm. Good moose on the loose for this week as well. So, so BLK aren't listening. <laughs> cough, cough an email during the week. I don't even know what they do. Aren't they rugby or something? They're certainly not running. When was the last time you saw a uh, an athlete wearing BLK kit? It was the same with Andy Buchanan in um, World uh, Com Games. What did he call? He had the long shorts on. Remember that brand? Oh, yeah. the Diodora, was it? No, it wasn't Diodora. No, it was, Mac- that was Gold Mac- Coast Mac- Com Games. It was Macron. Macron, Macron wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It was what? Yeah, if you don't if you don't see them already, if you don't see runners already wearing it, you shouldn't be able to sponsor a running team. <laughs> BLK or- sponsor the. Um, the Kiwis in the uh, rugby league, yeah. New Zealand rugby league team. I'm sure they make great rugby league socks or whatever it is that those guys wear, shorts and jerseys. But it's different. Running gear is so particular. To get a good running top, mm. it's not as easy as like just going to the low, like getting the cheapest shit you can at the only factory that you know of in China, which it kind of looks at what these guys did. Yep, right here, Bradley. Over to your week. Just clicked on your Strava profile. Does not look there, good. is it? Does not look good. <laughs> it actually wasn't as bad as what it looks on Strava. Um, so I went out on Tuesday to join the group, um, and so it had been a, a full week since I had run, and uh, I did the warm up, and that's all I planned on doing. And uh, the shin was fine. Uh, there's more just like just an awareness, but like I'm sure you guys know when you're coming back from an injury, like you're just really sensitive to how everything feels. And if it was three months ago when I wasn't injured and I had the same sensation, you'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, my you know, my calf's a bit tight. I need to just roll that out. Um, so there wasn't any pain. Uh, just, as I said, just a sensation. Uh, pulled up fine, but I'm like, you know what? There's nothing to be gained. I'm, I'm just going to give it more time because uh, my goal has always been to be healthy by like the start of Jan and you know, it's 13th of December. When I did this run, so I'm like, I'll just take the rest of the week off. Um, yeah, so that was my week in terms of running. So 4.35K at 4.36s. Uh, it was a shame because we had the uh, the inaugural Mulligans Flat Track Club handicap out at Mulligans Flat on Saturday morning. So uh, I wasn't able to take part in that, but it was, a, it was a fun event followed by like a breakfast afterwards as like a pre-Christmas sort of get together. Um, so yeah, we just did that on the 6.9K loop. So... That was a bit of fun on the on the Saturday morning. Um, yeah, so Shin's feeling okay. I ran today. I did 25 minutes. Um, same sort of thing. No pain, just like some awareness. Um, and I, I was on the Mulligans loop and I just stopped at 25 minutes because I thought, you know what, that, that's enough for the first run back and I'll just build from there. And it hasn't it didn't hurt the rest of the day afterwards so that's that's a positive sign so i'm I'm, hope, I'm hopeful now that i can at least jog um until the end of the year and then hopefully by that stage it's feeling you know back to 100 percent, and then i can start sessions in the new year patience no yeah like, risk in it. 
it's been like like I've never had this sort of injury before, and it's just sort of frustrating that real like it's a real fine line between getting the load right and overdoing it. Um, but I feel like on the whole, I've been pretty patient. I've certainly been more. Uh, I, I guess I've been better around home than I normally would be when I'm injured. Like I've sort of accepted it and and sort of taken the time that that I need. So hopefully I'll be rewarded now with just some pain-free running and some consistency. Would Viv say the same thing? Yeah, she would. Okay. Because yeah. I said to her, I said, I said like, yeah, I'm like, I haven't, yeah, I've been pretty good, haven't I? Like, she's like, yeah, you have. So, <laughs> Imagine putting up an injured croaks face. Uh, oh, no. Couldn't do it. I, I think having this time of year sort of worked well because I'm like, you know what, there's nothing, like, on the horizon. And, and I always try and start the new, like, always – feel like I'm quite motivated the first of January. So I'm like, all right, let's just make sure your body's good come the start of the year. So that's that's been the goal and um hopefully I'm I'm tracking that way. That's good. Man, you were kind of same boat. First of Jan would be good to get back rolling. I just did twenty minutes Monday morning, four forty nines. Then I think I had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off. And then I did um thirty minutes Friday at four thirty fours was feeling a bit better. Why did you have them all off? Because you're sore? No, or? I was just at work, just busy. I was planning yeah. to just jog like 20, 30 minutes every day. But um, yeah, we still got kids at school and it was just busy days. And it's one of those things like get home from work and it's like, ah, oh, Carly's had the kids all day. I may as well help out because I did go to Spain for a week and a half. Um, I don't really need to run. So I wasn't, I was feeling all right. I was feeling pretty good because I jogged, yeah, 35 minutes. That must have been Thursday at 4.32s. Um, and then I did 35 minutes on Saturday. No, it must have been Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I ran 35 minutes each day. But then on Sunday, I did 30 minutes, and my hips were both, like, super sore. Because um, I was planning to maybe try and do, like, 40, 45 minutes, a bit longer. But I kind of headed home after 25 minutes, got home at 30 minutes. Um, and then, yeah, both of them just super, I don't know, I guess the word's, like, achy. The only thing I can put it down to is I ran over the bridge on Saturday and like a bit of downhill. Um, I don't know. I just, for some reason, first step Sunday, they were achy and they're still achy. So no rush though. Like I've kind of written off all of December to recover and then I'll build the, build the training back up during Jan and then get going for there. But um, yeah, thought I was going all right recovery wise, but not quite. And I think the, the earlier out in a marathon that things go off the rails, the longer you need to recover. You blokes agree with that one? Like, yeah, yeah. I reckon if I reckon if you like negative split a marathon, you pull up a lot better than a, you know a, a significant positive split. Yeah, yeah. I think I was running like 60, 80 minutes with um Archie this time, two weeks on from a marathon after Melbourne last year. But you just got to listen to the body, don't you? Let it dictate how you feel and not rush back. Like it's not about the person who's flying after two or three weeks. It's about how you're going after eight weeks. I always like to think. Yeah. yeah, avoid those hills, mate. Those, <laughs> yeah. those bridges. Those well, was it even a hill? Do you think that's what it could be? No. Oh, well, why Surely would I... not. You yeah. can't be going over a bridge and and having hill-related issues. Two weeks. Well, it was downhill. Like I felt like I'd, I don't know, reactivated the DOMS or something. I thought I was getting over it. <laughs> I had no pain at all in my hips on, yeah, Friday and Saturday when I jogged. And then Sunday, it was just like, yeah, nah, these, these hips are no good. It's probably What's just one of those things. That... Are we talking? Oh no, just, it's down a ramp. Like it just, yeah. yeah. I reckon it's more to do with like the obviously recovering from the marathon, but even you, like 
you know, he took pretty much a whole week off or actually probably a week and a half off. And, you know, like you are a lot younger than Moose and I, but like still just not running for a week and a half when you're used to running every day and sometimes twice a day. Like your body's just going to be a bit out of whack. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't so, know what's going on. The only other yeah. thing I thought was I was sitting at a desk all day like Thursday while crunching like the data at school, like when we look at the progression points from December 2021, December 2022. And I was thinking maybe that did it just sitting in the... Yeah, office chair for like seven or eight hours. Don't hey, know. Uh, I, got a quest- I got a question for you, Braden. We'll yes. probably touch on this more next week, given it'll be our last week, our, our last show for the year. So we'll probably talk about you know potential goals for next year. But I know that you are talking about targeting New York next year. Like this was before Valencia. So I, I'm guessing that you thought you'd run quite well in Valencia and then you'd go and have – you know, try and enjoy or run race New York, knowing that it's not a fast course, but you just wanted to tick that box. Yeah, yeah. Um, experience, but still like prep for it kind of thing. Yeah, but now that you haven't run as fast as you'd like on a flat, fast marathon, um, how does that change your plans for next year? Yeah, definitely. That point like changes it massively. Like that was the whole thing. Try to go to Valencia, flat course, fast, people around, kind of try to get to somewhere where I think my potential, my ceiling kind of is at the marathon and just tick that goal and kind of then enjoy the sport a bit like pick races like new york and boston and um you know have fun with the sport still put in the prep but maybe kind of hover around 140 150 k's not 190 200 k's Um, and not and not chase times yeah not chase time and be you know kind of a bit more balanced it with work and family and things like that as well so i guess now because i haven't done that at valencia i'm now looking at calendars and races like well how do I, because that's the thing that really does motivate me. I do want to do those experience races where you just run strong and not chase a time, but I still do want to have that faster marathon PB next to my name. So it's changed the goals, um, yeah, completely. I'm looking at races like, how look at Chicago, like they've got that sub-elite program, which is quite appealing. Um, I'm looking at kind of Valencia again, knowing that it is an amazing race, like it is a place to run fast, I think, if you get it right. Haven't really given much thought to to other races um but i'm not really motivated like i'm zero motivation to get on the track zero motivation to um kind of or not zero motivation for the av winter but we kind of did that premiership stuff this year so i'll, I'll, I'll definitely do you know five or six of the rounds but i'm not going to dedicate a huge chunk of the winter to it so um yeah fast marathon still the goal mm-hmm. which is shit to say because it, at 32k that definitely wasn't the case so i was never running another one again at valencia but um yeah that's that's how that's changed. Yeah. But yeah. We've got to get the body right first and, and build back up. Anyway, mm-hmm. I want to thank some Patreon supporters. What are you thinking, Croach? You want to come out to Chicago with me? Uh, you got the time, I've, didn't you, at um, Gold Coast? I've been toying with the idea. So originally I convinced a couple of guys that I coached to enter Berlin, knowing that they had the time. And I then didn't enter, largely because, like, if I went over to an overseas marathon, I would get there, you know, five days before, but I'd pretty much fly out straight after like you did mm. just to get home. And I'm like, I don't know if, if I want to spend another five days in Berlin knowing that I've already been there. Mm. So I'd prefer to go somewhere else. Um, so then I looked at Chicago and yeah, as you said, they had that because I'm a master's athlete now, the time that I've run oh, at yeah. Gold Coast qualifies me for a free entry and that sort of uh, semi-elite start. Um, but then I, if I had to choose an overseas marathon to do like next year right now, I, I would probably, um, go for Valencia. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think a December marathon's good as well. 
kind yeah. of that month off is the real kind of time you want to have off and be with your family and do social stuff. Like it also it also means like where I am right now, like it is going to take me some time to build up again. You know, like yeah, you need that time. You know, like I'm pretty much going to be jogging for two weeks. First month of sessions is going to be crap. So that's going to take me up to like mid Feb, um, mid to late Feb. But having a Valencia marathon means that I could potentially do Gold Coast like as a pretty as a sort of serious effort and still recover and do Valencia as well. Because there's a pretty big gap between July and December. Look at you two boys. We're locked in Osaka, Oslo, Gold Coast, <laughs> Valencia, all this yeah. travel in the world. It's going to be this, a good year of I, content next year. We've got to run for an hour pain-free first. That's yeah, the first no, goal. The same, yeah. Give me 25 easy, minutes easy without getting my hips. <laughs> easy to put entries in, book flights. <laughs> a, lot harder yeah. to, a lot harder to get there with yeah. a decent block under your belt. It is insane that you got to think this far in ahead as well. Like you're kind of talking because if Valencia's open their entries, yeah. and you think that like the hype of that race is going to start selling out. Yeah. Well, the good thing about Valencia is you don't have to go into a ballot for it, and the earlier you enter, the cheaper it is. So like the first ten thousand bibs are seventy euro, which is pretty reasonable compared yeah. to like Berlin and Chicago and those majors, and then. I think between 10,000 and 20,000 entries, it's 100 euro. And then 20, 20 to 30,000, it's 150 euro. So the earlier you enter, the cheaper it is from an entry point of view. You'd probably get a free bib with the 223, though, from Gold Coast. No, I think um, cause I emailed them after Gold Coast this year. Oh, yeah. uh, and it was like t- sub 220. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Let's thank some Patreon supporters, eh? I'll kick things off. Matt Colwyn. Think he lives in Gisborne, Victoria, just near the airport there, and runs for South Melbourne. He's got PBs of 5K, 17.44 from the Albert Park Park Run, 10K, 34.48. This year's Albert Park, 10K. A bit windy that day too, I reckon. That's, um, that's a good run in the wind there. And a half marathon of 85 minutes from the 2019 Queenstown Marathon. Looks like he enjoys doing some trail races, even being on the podium for a few of them. So thank you for your support, Matt. Crokes, who you got? Uh, I had a couple this week. So the first one's Victoria Jones. Um, lives in Somerville, Victoria. Unfortunately, had no stats on Victoria at all. Couldn't find anything, um, but thanks for your support. Uh, second one is Mike Mansfield. He's from Gorsley in England and runs for Gloucester. Uh, his PB is 8.46 for 3K, 15.14 for 5, 32.18 for 10, 74 minutes for the half, and 2.49 for the marathon, which was set at the 2008 London Marathon. Uh, based on his Strava, it looks like he does a fair bit of lactate testing, uh, has a photo with Jakob Ingebrigtsen, uh, and has been competing for over 30 years. I had a look at his Power of 10 profile, and it dates back to 1989, and just about every year has some results. So that's um that's pretty incredible longevity. So well done, Mike, and thanks for your support. Moose, who you got this week? I have Liam McGuan. So Liam is from Coronan in Victoria. Uh, good all-round athlete. He played for the Alvey Football Club in the Colac District League where he won the 2016 Jack Marnie medal, which was league best and fairest. He also captained the local cricket club. Now, he's coached by Pat Stowe under the Run Strong banner, and Pat reckons used to play for Colac in the um, in the GFL as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
What else did he give me? He's in the LV Swans Hall of Fame. He's now a dairy farmer. Does most of his runs at 4.30 a.m. or earlier after squeezing the tit. Just got engaged last month to Claire and has a dog named Cash. <laughs> now, we, now we're getting deep. Favourite song is Cheerleader by Omi. Never heard of it. Oh, yeah, you would have heard of that. Would I? Yeah, it's a real pop song a couple of years ago. And enjoys drinking James Squire ginger beer with three cubes of ice and a hint of lime. Now, I'm not sure if Patty's taken the piece there or not. <laughs> but, yeah, I um, I know the, there's a McGuan kind of clan down in Colac, and they were very good at sport. Mm. Very good at uh, footy, actually. Is that where Mick McGuan's from? Collingwood no, legend? I, nah, no idea. No idea. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Well, why don't you mention what he's run, Moose? Because, like... Oh, yeah, we still got that. So um, All these facts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's run 80-15 for a half from Sandy Point. Looks like he was training for Melbourne but got injured. Oh. Yeah, so he's, 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 got a, he's got a young, fresh blood coach helping him out now. So that'll come soon, those results. Paddy Castell can run too, the young fella. Robbery mm. boy. Does that affect to- 10 results, boys? You want to go there first? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I feel like we just spoke for the, like, two hours on the live stream the other day when we were doing a watch party, but we'll do it all again here. All right. So I'll kick it off with the women's race. So conditions uh, at, at Lakeside weren't great. It was a little bit breezy. Um, women's race kicked off and it was pedestrian to start with. No one really wanted to do any work. Um, but then I believe Tara Palm sort of got things moving a little bit. Um, and then Leanne Pompiani went to the front um with like after about three and a half k and we thought and there's a little bit of pace injected but not too much uh they went through half in 1640 and um yeah we thought i thought i personally thought to myself look if leanne wins from here like that's incredible given the conditions and, and being at the front for that long but with maybe 3k to go um izzy bat doyle you could see that the rubber band was breaking and she started to fall off so it was just her and rose davies left and then with maybe two or three laps to go, Leanne got rid of Rose um, and was able to sort of just run away with it. Uh, Izzy managed to then catch Rose and finish in second place. So, yeah, Leanne first in 32.20 with splits of 16.40 for the first five and 15.40-ish for the second. Uh, Izzy Bat-Doyle second in 32.26 and Rose Davies third in 32.35. So impressive. Cool. We knew it was coming, didn't we? we kind of been talking about Leanne on this show for the last couple of years and watched her transition from a kind of good domestic athlete to, to trying to challenge this kind of top end of 10,000 metre runners in Australia. And I thought she got, like she did it the hard way, like to lead from, what'd you say, the last six and a half K. Six and a half K, yeah. It's a lot of laps, isn't it? What's that, like 15, 17 laps, something like that. Um, it's a long time to be out in front, a long time to be kind of driving that kind of pace. And she just slowly, you know, kicked them all off the back until she's pretty dominant winning. Like, I know it was six seconds, but it felt like it was longer than that. Mm, so it felt like yeah. she really did. Um, you know, she probably put that those fifteen seconds into rows with a mile, mile three and a half laps to go. So, um, yeah, very impressive to see. We did have some audio. We're very in the watch party after the race. If you want to find that on our socials and listen to it, because she speaks really well about how that wasn't the plan, and then she adapted and then made it the plan, and then um, yeah, kind of the confidence she's got from this domestic season and her training up at Perisher up at altitude the last couple of weeks. 
and her yeah. uh, deal with ASICs, I think she said at the very end there. That's, so she was in the full ASICs kit, so good to see someone snapped her up. What do you mm. think, Moose? I thought, yeah, clearly the best athlete out there on the night because she she did it the hard way. There was no sitting, kicking. She she basically just outstrength strength them. Mm. Is that a word? <laughs> Out, um, outgrinded them, and she she did it uh, with the the kind of strength that we saw. There was a there was another race like this when Pat Tiernan did it a few years ago i think it might have been wet that year and he just got on the front and just started grinding them and then just no one would could stay with him and then he was the man who left and and leanne was the same and yeah she's she's dusted two ladies probably not in their peak conditioning right now so we haven't really seen much form from rose lately we saw uh well they weren't good results for her over her last few races and izzy coming off the marathon in october if you're going to recover from that properly and then taper into Zatapec, you're not getting a whole heap of training in. This is nothing, this isn't taking anything away from, from Leanne, but there were no female marathoners really in this field. Um, so, who, like, have a think who we're missing in t- from the strength athletes. We're missing Sinead, Jess Stenson, Aloise, Lisa Waitman. Ali Pashley, I mean, you could even say Millie Clark wasn't there. Um, so that's six six sub two thirty ladies that weren't in the Zadapec field. And I think um, not to say that any of them would have challenged Leanne. Uh, I'm just saying that there was a lack of kind of strength athletes out there. I think. But Moose, what's interesting as well is like fifteen forty in those conditions for the second five k. Like her PB is fifteen. 25 um so she's she's due to rewrite that for sure yeah 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 no i she she stood up and she didn't need to to win like that but she did so it doesn't really matter when you come first it doesn't really matter what the time is uh if you're winning a national championships one to watch this next 12 months, I reckon, because she's definitely yeah. on the up. We said on the watch party as well, like a 32-20 in those conditions doing all the work, what does that look mm. like at Stanford? Like yeah. we're talking 31-30, maybe. But yeah, I, it's always hard to know. Well, but yeah. well I reckon it almost is because she soloed a 15-40 second half there, whereas I reckon in, a, in the right race, you pretty much can do that again with no wind and not having to do any work. I think um, she's going to be a rope, like – as I was watching that, I'm like, well, this, she is going to be very strong on the roads. Yeah, yeah. The way that she closed that and, like, the way that she just grind, grinded them out. She's good at cross country too. Like, in, mm. once you come in Denmark, croaks, do you know off the top of your head? No, I don't. But, yeah, she it's obviously made the, for the, the Aussie team there. Yeah. Um, and, and she can handle handle pretty high mileage as well, which, you know, makes you think that down the track, half and marathon might be her go. Yeah. Men's race. Yeah, so it was very similar to the women's for the first 5K. Like, it was very slow. Um, Jordan Guzman went off the front. At one point, he had probably 100 metres. Uh, and then at one point, Sam McEntee was sort of leading, which I, I thought sort of a bit strange, given he generally has a pretty good kick on him. Um, they went through 5K in about 1450. Uh, everyone was pretty much still there. And then at about 6K, Jack just went bang, um, just started like rolling off 64, 65 second laps. The only one that really went with him was Matt Clark. 
Um, and then, you know, Jack had such a big lead that he you know, pretty much sort of backed off that last K. Um, unfortunately, I think those sort of three or four laps where Clarkie was sort of with him, um, put him a bit too deep into the red, um, and that sort of cost him a medal. Uh, Andre Waring finished pretty strong to finish in second. Uh, Jack Bruce third. So Jack won in 28.46, Andre 28.49, and Jack Bruce 28.54. So although it was only three seconds, um, all of the, the damage was done between like six and nine K, and then Jack was you know sort of cruising that last K. Yeah, high five from people on the home straight. <laughs> We're actually surprised when the camera flicked to Andre and you're like, oh, he's just there. Yeah. Yeah. He came home like a steam train, but I think Jack was uh, jogging it in in a way, enjoying the moment. Uh, what did you learn from this, these races, boys? We kind of spoke about Leanne. You reckon she's going to be good on the roads, Moose, and she's a strength athlete, but what did you learn from the men's race? Well, Jack Jack is he, he is a standout, and sometimes it's hard to go into those races as the all like kind of all unbackable favourite. There's almost more pressure on when you're expected to win. And I thought he was patient. I thought he did things really well. Uh, he, he didn't get caught up in a couple of moves that went. Um, it also showed to me um, like the dangers in in racing outside of, of of your capabilities a bit. We saw that with Matt Clark, who who started to chase down. Um, Jack and went with him probably what was it like eight ten laps out mm. it was it was a long way out and he instead of um, kind of sitting back racing for second he, he went with like a 60 I think it went like 64 61 or something and and all of a sudden uh, that that almost that well that did end Matt Clark's race I think he went from being in second to being in 11th um, over the last lap and a half maybe or maybe just the last lap so it was um, it sort of shows you that the two sides of it <laughs> uh, Jack he can handle that type of pace and he kicks away the win and and the glory's there whereas Clark he puts it on the line can't handle it and and finishes 11th 10th he ended up finishing oh 10th yep. my bad 29 22 got the results here yeah yep. sorry yeah, and on paper, some of the times a bit further down look pretty slow, but given the first half was that 1450-ish, 1455-ish, um, kind of makes sense. How easy would have Jack been doing that through 5K? Yeah, very, wouldn't have very. Been breathing, would he? We, um, we said on the, on the stream, though, that, like, if you didn't finish top three in this race, it was, like, going to be a disappointing day because, you know, most people have obviously travelled for this, tapered for it, and then when they're sort of dawdling through 5K, like no one's going to run super quick. There's not that many opportunities to run fast um, in Australia over 10K. So I'd say outside of Jack, Andre and Jack, uh, yeah, Jack, Rayner, Andre and Jack Bruce, um, there probably weren't too many that were happy with with the night. Unless you're on a PB, like, you know, a guy like Aaron Parker, 29-23, that'd be a PB yeah. for him, wouldn't it? Uh, around, a, yeah, I guess he's run around that on the road, I think. Oh, has he? Before, yeah. Isaac Haynes, he ran 29.07. Well, I, think, I think that was his track um, PB. His track PB, but he's run faster than that at, uh, when he won, oh, like, yeah, Launceston and that. Stuff. Yeah, mm. yep. yeah, good crowds didn't look huge. They did a good job of the stream, though. thought that was good quality. Um, they've definitely ramped up their efforts there. Uh, under 23K race croaks. 
Yeah, just before we move on, I think another thing that really hurts it now is the fact that the world stand like to qualify for worlds now, it's like 30 40 for the women's and 27 10 for the men. So, like, you know, that's far for the men, it's faster than Jack's Aussie record. So, back in the day, there used to be a bit more incentive to maybe try and chase times where you know you, you get the standard plus you win the trials. Whereas now, like, those, those times are just so far out of reach for a lot of a lot of our domestic athletes makes it makes it you know there's not that much incentive then to run fast at Zatapec. you may as well just try and win it yeah for sure um then, yeah sorry. yeah under under 23k uh so women's first uh amy bunnage uh, she won in nine minutes flat 0.6 which was i believe a championship record and the under 18 australian record um, Gabriel Schmidt was second in 924, and Gabriel Vincent third in 927. Um, very dominant run there, boys. Oh yeah, I'm trying to think that where where would that put her all time? Uh, I don't know. It wouldn't be far down the list. Would have opened as well. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Top 15. What's Jess's uh, record? Jess Hull. 830 something. Mm, 37 something like that. Anyway. Yeah. That's a fair way off that. I reckon it'd be I reckon it'd be a few girls above yeah. it. Not many reckon, ladies break nine though. I reckon it'd be fifteenth, twentieth. I'll, I'll find out during the show. Okay. I'll okay. get I'll bring I'll get the rankings up. Um in the men's, uh Cam Myers uh is unbeatable so far this season. Does basically his tactics are the same. He sort of sits in, gets to maybe four fifty to go, goes to the front, just winds it up, but it doesn't actually look like he's just it doesn't look like he sort of winds it up, but he just pulls away from everyone. He won in 8.05. Archie Noak second, 8.09. Carl Maholland third in 8.09. Very good. Some good times there. That was uh, one of the fastest 3Ks for years too, I think, both the men's and women's. Mm, yeah. It's always interesting tracking those kids. Like I think someone, someone put on Twitter the first, second, and third in those races over the last like 25 years. And it's just like you remember some of the names and go, oh, yeah, didn't really make it into open. And then other names are like Brett Robinson, like I don't know if Jack was ever on there, like Ryan Gregson's, people like that. You're just like, oh, yeah, these guys have ended up making it as an open athlete as well. Uh, UTA, Cozzy, Moose, this is you wrapping us through here. A lot of results here Croaks has put in for you. Do what you want. Yeah, I'm going to just go with the top. So this, was, this is a new event. It's in part of that UTA family um so or the ut ultra trails like family um the utmb is the big one so that's ultra trail mont blanc in france where they it's almost like the trail world championships you kind of call it or the ultra trail anyway um because they run like oh it's a big one they're like 180k or something and this was a it's very difficult to get into that race so this is gave out tickets um you can like win yourself a ticket into the race it's kind of got those iron man vibes about it so i think there were some good runners come out here actually so i know probably the most famous in the field was hayden hawks in the 100k he ran 748 he's quite a well-known trail runner from the u.s uh friend of the show Blake Coe's past interviewee, he was third in 8.15. So I think he gets a ticket to to um, the, the UT, uh, UTMB 100K race, which is called like 
the CCC. I think that's also quite a big event over there, like the biggest kind of in the world, biggest 100K in the world. So um, would, would a guy, just fill me in, because I don't know a lot about this world, but a guy like Hayden Hawks, would he focus on this race because of the ticket kind of thing, or do you just happen to be in Australia? Or is he travelling for this to go, hey, this is my option to get to that race and get my ticket? I'm not exactly sure of his circumstances, but sometimes you will find the good runners training for their race to get a ticket and then they'll re reload for the actual race. So he, he may be out here part of a contract thing or he may be out. I know he's friends with Blake actually. So maybe he was out here um, just kind of hanging out for a while or maybe he came out specifically for this event because he wanted to do it. But there were some course changes which um, made the course a lot flatter and faster compared to what was planned and so i don't think that really suited some of the people uh, like blake he loves the, the he loves the hills and the technical stuff so when you when you change the course to run flatter and faster it doesn't suit a guy like that uh there was a hundred miler there so just quickly adrian mcdonald won that in 1407 that's pretty fast for a hundred miler uh sarah ludowicki was the first female in 19 hours 23 that's some serious time running, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> Just think about going out for a Sunday long run. We run two hours. You get back, you're like, "Whoa, I'm a bit cooked after that." Just another seventeen. In well, the I, ran for, I ran for twenty-five minutes today, and that felt like a long way. Wondering whether my wondering whether my leg was going to fall off. Yeah, uh, Steph Austin won the ladies' race in the hundred k, so she ran nine forty-four, and then in the fifty k. Fabian Rahn won in four hours two, and Helena Michael was one in 4.44. Mm. So maybe that will be a big trail race in Australia in the future. Keep an eye out for it. Hey, Brady, almost yeah. four, almost 40 women have broken nine minutes. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, 30, 37, I think. Yeah, okay. Mm. Didn't think there was going to be that many, to be honest. Mm. Nope. We could Who's, tell that. Just tell me, tell me, thirty-five through to fortieth croaks. Just what names you got there? Uh, so the ones that have just snuck under nine: um, Emily Morris, Anna Thompson, Kayla McKnight, Vicky Mitchell, Kylie Risk, Susie Power, Sue Hobson, Jenny Blundell. It's eight fifty-six. Yeah, she's in good company. Most of those Some are very Olympians. Names, yeah. yeah, So she's running nine flat. So she's running with Olympians there. Georgie Georgie Clark eight fifty-five. Yeah, Melissa yeah. Duncan, uh, Caitlin Adams eight fifty-five. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'll stick by my statement. Just didn't realise we had that many. Well, especially at under, you know, at she's only under 18, at under eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Under eighteen. Yeah. yeah. Windy night off the well, front broke, of Melbourne uh, in cold conditions. She ran eight forty-five this season. Get her over to Europe, Crooks. Yeah, well, it was Eloise's record that she broke. Yeah. Aussie yeah. record, yeah. Okay. So does that mean she's got two more years in under 20? Is she 18? Well, maybe. Well, uh, she's, well she broke the under 18 record, so oh, yeah. she'd have at least one more year. That's how well, old you are at the end of the year. She's under 20, though, right? So what, are the records different from the um, racing, like the nah, so entries? If she's, if she's under 18 at the moment, it means she's, she's only turned 17 this year. So next year she's only turning 18, so she gets to go again. The year after she's only turning 19, she gets to go again. Yeah. That's incredible. She's got yeah. two more years of winning that. What about Cam Myers? He's 16. 
Yeah, something in the water in Canberra. He's a very good operator, isn't he? <laughs> he's very he good. kicks away. He doesn't even look like he's running hard. He just gaps mm. him. Yeah, I reckon mm. he might be my one to watch the end of, end of year's awards show. We'll see what happens. So I'm going to take us to Abu Dhabi Marathon. Just some quick things here because they bring in some big names. This one usually offers some big money. Um, it's at a weird time of the year and doesn't really get much attention. But um, Chumba won it, the females race, representing Bahrain. I'm pretty sure she's Kenyan-born. She was seventh at the Olympics <laughs> last year. She ran at two at 20.41. Tanui was second from Kenya, 2.21.12. She was sixth at this year's World Champs and won Amsterdam last year. You might remember that, Dame. And Maria Dababa, she was the 2015 World Champs. I reckon she raced Berlin one year. We were there too, Moose. Uh, she, uh, Marie, Mari, M-A-R-E, Dababa. Oh, yeah, she did. Yeah, yep. I reckon you're right. You reckon she was hissing at you to get out of her way when you were trying <laughs> to hang around the lead females there? Yeah. Uh, she ran 221.25, pays pretty good money there. Do you know what it was off the top of your head, Croaks? No, nah, I'm not sure. Something like 55000 or 60000 US, I reckon. That, the bit of the story was that Rono, who was the pacemaker in the men's race, kept going and won the race. He's got a 207 PB and he ran 205.20 to win the race. Um, Kip Kimutai was second in 209.32 and Mamo was third in 209.42. An interesting fact I saw though, the guy that was pacing the lead females stepped off at 42k, not knowing that he was actually in 10th for the men's race and he would have got $10,000 US for finishing 10th. Oh, poor fella. Wish someone should have definitely told him just to finish that last 200 metres off. Um, Because it wasn't that deep. They bring in the superstars, but not too much depth there. Um, And the other last bit of news I've got as well is Jess Stenson. She was awarded the Female Athlete of the Year at the Australian Institute of, of Sport Performance Awards. I think this was Friday night. Looked really like, um, looked really posh. You see the photos and stuff, boys? It looked like it was black tie, evening gowns, really formal kind of a night. I'm not sure if I've heard of these awards before, but obviously, you know, Australian Institute of Sport Performance Awards, pretty big deal. The award, um, the criteria, I guess, on their website said for outstanding achievements by a female athlete in sport and beyond sporting performances. Mm. So a big win for Jess. And it goes to show, I think I said this to you guys, uh, in our group chat over the weekend, the hype around winning Commonwealth Games. Um, Jess seems like she's been everywhere. And it was an amazing performance and, and deserves to be everywhere. But I often think, I'm like, oh, I wonder what, what Jess's life would have been like hype-wise if she went and ran fifth at the World Championships at Oregon, which is probably performance on par for the win at Con Games. Um, well, it's, it's higher than it's the win. It's probably higher, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's well higher. Really, like in terms of performance, fifth at World Champs is well higher than winning Com Games. And I don't think you'd find many arguments against that. Yeah. The hype would have definitely not been there, would it? Australia loves Com Games. It's good to no. see that she's getting the attention from it. Yeah. And Which, to put it in perspective, the male, um, the male athlete of the year was Cameron Smith, the golfer, who's, mm. you know, like a superstar, complete superstar. So, yeah, she's in good company. Yeah, she was up against Elise Healy from cricket, Charlotte Kazlik from rugby, Jakara Anthony, who's a winter Olympian, and Liz Watson from netball. All, mm. all got photos there in, like, Australian kits, so they're all the real deal. Um, that does bring the voice. Good segue to start talking about our performance of the year and our athlete of the year. We have been working behind the scenes, and when I say we, Bradley Croker has, starting to get our uh, voting form ready. 
to go to the listeners. We want to know what the listeners think from this 2022 year in Australian distance running. This is what we got for our short list of performance of the year. So it's, it's mixed gender, men and female are both in there. Happy to take more requests. The best way to get hold of us is through our website. Things get lost a bit on social media. So if you think we've missed an Australian performance of the year, let me know, I'll add it to the voting. It's gotta be top quality though, because this is what we're talking about this year. Is performance of the year, Jack Rayner, the 10,000 meter Australian record over the track on the, on, uh, in America. Or Jess Stenson, Com Games Marathon Gold Medal. Brett Robinson, Marathon Australian Record. Sinead Diver, Marathon Australian Record. Ollie Hall, Commonwealth Games 1500 meter gold medal. Peter Bowl breaking his own 800 meter Australian record. Ollie Hawes, Wanna Make a Mile slash Indoor Mile Australian Record. Jack Rayner's 10K Australian Road Bernie 10 record. Ollie Hall, Outdoor Mile Australian Record. And want to make a mile win? Oh no, sorry, that was so oh, when he Christ. broke the outdoor mile, that was second at the uh, Oslo Diamond League behind Jakob. There we go, good correction. Yeah. Or Jess Hull, the Australian mile record. So that's what we've got to vote for so far. How many did Ollie Hall have? Three out of the ten there, Crooks. He's had a big season, hasn't he, performance-wise? Mm. When you think of it that way. And then the other thing we've tried to shortlist, shortlist as well is the athlete of the year. So we tried to pick ten people. Um, We've got Jack Rayner, Sinead Diver, Brett Robinson, Ollie Hoare, Peter Boll, Jess Stenson, Abby Caldwell, Stewie McSwain, Jess Hull, or Lyndon Hall. You know, I Stu- noticed, um, Stewie Brady. could be in performance of the year, Croaks, for that one second off the Australian 5K record. Yeah, I, get, I guess, Couldn't though. You, what do you cut? But all, but all the others have won their either Broken medals or, or Aussie records. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, um, there's no junior athletes in there, Brady. For performance of the year or athlete yeah, of the year? Yeah, no, no little athletics records. <laughs> mate, someone's um, seen seniors only here. I'm not getting mate, into Moose, that. Mate, Moose on the loose is next. <laughs> I'm not what getting about, into that. Uh, it's an interesting, that athlete of the year award's interesting because you've got to think of the 12 months. And I was just jotting some notes down today. Like for Jack, for example, remember Zatapec was in January and then again in December. So he's won two Zatapecs. He's broken the track 10,000 meter record and the road 10K record in the same year. But his world champs and Commonwealth Games weren't great. So it's like, how much weight do you put on that? Sinead Diver, well, national record. We need record a criteria. The... We need a criteria, don't nah, we? No, we just wing it, mate. You just submit your well, votes. Well, if there's no listen. criteria, how do you rate but, it? But every other year, you've basically all we've done is we put forward who our athlete yeah. of the year is and we argue our yeah. point. <laughs> We get a whole episode out of this, Moose. And the yeah. listeners will do the same. When we see their votes, we'll be like, well, 72% of them said this one. There's a lot there, but I, I personally think that uh, both of those awards are relatively easy to pick. Yeah, you've been saying this yeah. off air, but I, I don't think they are. I, I reckon... Do you think um, there's standouts in both of yeah, them? Yeah, I, I reckon most of the listeners will be able to yeah, pick both. If you actually look deep deep into it i think there's a there's a standout yeah is it because brett is it brett's national record because it's so old no we're talking about say, we're talking about next week yeah because he didn't go to world champs or con games so i just yeah i just think yeah sorry i'm not ruining it i'm just thinking i'm trying to stuff out a few hints from him anyway they'll be out you'll be able to vote on all six areas of the criteria in the next uh the next couple of days share it on our socials and we'll flog that until we get to that award show Listen to question croaks. 
yeah, so we've got, we've just got a couple of quick fire ones. So one relating to World Cross. Do you think we will see many international athletes from World Cross compete in the Australian domestic season? And that question comes from Scott Benedict. Uh, I personally don't think they will. I think any athlete will pretty much fly in for the race and fly home, um, focusing on other things for the year. Yeah, well, our, our track meets don't have that, um, you know, reputation of being strong elite races, do they? No. Like no one's running 13.05 or 13.15 in a 5K. They, they did back in the day. Remember when, like, Bernard Legat and stuff, Benny Saint going down the straight, all the um, Oregon Track Club boys? Yeah, I, I thought time. we might have. I, I thought we might have seen a few of our international Aussies come back for the whole summer and maybe race a little bit, like you know, race some track, race World Cross trials, and then do World Cross. Um, but it doesn't seem that that's even going to be happening. It's a shame because it's not like I just saw the forecast for Boulder. It was like negative fifty. Fahrenheit, mm. which I don't know what that is in centigrade, but it's impossible to run outside. It's actually perfect over here in summer to train. Sure, there might not be altitude, and I know some coaches are massive on altitude, but like it would be a good chance to stay over here and and train um, and race that that cross. Yeah. Um, You're talking about Morgan and Ollie, aren't you, Croaks? You listen to them on their podcast saying that one of them's here for two weeks and the other one's here for three, which means they're yeah, both so, going to be here for the trials. Yes, I believe neither will be here for the trials, uh, but it's just been announced like today that Ollie's going to be racing against Stewie down at um, those Tassie handicap races. Mm, yep. Um, which, you know, I think, and I did hear him speak maybe a couple of months ago that he was going to put in an exemption not to compete at the trials and hopes to still make the world champs team. Um, I'm guessing for the, I'm guessing for the four by two K mixed relay. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Personally, I just don't think it's a very good look when you've come out here for Christmas, you've then gone down to Tassie to do the, those handicap races and you leave pretty much the week of the trials um and then come back you know in february if you make the team but i just don't think it's fair on the other athletes that are running the trial like i, I got it when you know there was COVID and there was you know the borders were shut that international athletes couldn't come over and compete at our at, at our trials or our nationals like you know totally understand that but when you're actually in the country probably at the start of january and the trials mid-Jan, like, stay stay and do it if you want to compete at, at World Cross. Yeah, and this is Australia. Like, we are, like, you can, this is, like, the national team selection trials. And, and like, it's held in the country that you're going to compete for. It, it makes sense that uh, you, you come back for it to the country that you're competing for. Like, it, it's all well and good to live around the world training, but, like, there's got to be a, a compromise in terms of competing for the country and, and coming back for these sorts of things has to be part of that compromise, I think. Yeah. I'd be less – I'd be – so let's say he didn't come back for Christmas and he stayed in the US and, I don't know, the, the Wanamaker mile was around the same time and he decided to do that rather than, like, come back, then fly home, then come back again for World Cross. Like – I'd be okay with that, but the fact that you're here, like, at the end of December, two weeks before the trials, and then you decide to leave, like, that's not, it's not a good look. 
They'll talk. They haven't really spoken about it yet, but I'm sure they will because they're pretty open and honest down there. It'd be interesting to see. To go back to the question, though, I actually was speaking to one of our listeners, Tyler Cody. His name is. He is an old school runner. He's from Canada. He said uh, his coach is involved with Athletics Canada, and he said they were looking at coming out a bit earlier. Some of the team, or oh, some of the ones that he coaches to run and perhaps run at some of the meets, maybe the Adelaide meet. Uh, so not the not the whole team from Canada, but just some of the athletes. So you may see that happen. Those that want to come out a little earlier, that don't want to have to deal with um, the travel problems, uh, like the, the jet lag and stuff, they might come out two, three weeks earlier. Well, you might see those guys, like the, that crew show up to... I think it's Adelaide. They had a 5K there won. last year, didn't they? Sam McIndy won it. Yeah. 13, 30-ish? Yeah. What's your thoughts, Brady, on the whole, you know, if you're here around Christmas and you do want to run at World Cross, should you stay for the trials? The Yeah, I think, well, as you said, it's not a great look, but I think if he's going for that, I think if he was going for the open team, we don't know what he's going for, but if he's put in an exemption for the relay and they're like, well... You've ran the fastest 1,500, 1,500 tracks different than 2K cross country. You've won Commonwealth Games gold. Like that stuff's got to have some kind of weight to it. Um, and you'd have to have an explanation with your exemption, wouldn't you? Yeah, look, I, there I think it'd be There could be stuff hard... going on that we don't know about too. Yeah, it'd be hard to leave Ollie out given like him and Stewie at the moment are the two standout guys over that sort of distance. Um, and yeah, okay, uh, cross country is completely different to track, but Ollie also did run a pretty good um, cross country race in the US just before Recently, he flew home. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and he it does have a fair bit of strength just just from the way that those guys train over there. So um, I think Morgan would be more of an interesting one in that he hasn't really posted a lot recently um, to then knock out guys from the 10K team. Mm, yeah, that but would I, be I don't, yeah. But I don't even know if Morgan wants to run well cross. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens the next couple of weeks when we see some start lists. And I think it rolls in the moose on the loose here. Julian, you've, uh, we'll move on. Oh, yeah, I, thought, I think we did. Croaks, but yeah, is that what you mean? There's too many discretionary selections there. Sorry, yeah. Moose. I didn't no, see no, this. It's all, no, it's all good. You did well. You did, did it justice. Uh, probably a little bit more um, tactfully than I would. But I was just th- I just don't like the fact there's so much of the team made of disca- discretionary repicks. Uh, I think it's good to encourage this selection process through racing. And I think there might be some clear standouts. Like you obviously have people like Stewie, um, perhaps Ollie, someone like Jess Hull, uh, like that kind of level above where they're challenging for medals. Um, you would you would throw Lyndon Hall in there as well. Like th- that's a step above um, the amount. Like there's there's more discretionary picks available than there are those runners. And yeah, I would just I feel like you want to reward people coming back for the trials. That's what I think. Because there's three spots up, isn't there? Th- first three are on the team. Three spots discretion. As soon as you start getting discretion, politics come into play. Who's got good relationships with who? Um, and and you just start to see bias creep in, and all of a sudden it's a nightmare. Well, it's and cross, just, it's cross, yeah, sorry, I was going to say the same thing, Chris. Cross country is so <laughs> different to compare yeah. to track and the road. Yeah, it like, is. How do you use discretion with that? Especially yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's, yeah. yeah, 
and that's why there shouldn't be that much discretion because like times are irrelevant like okay on the track it's like if you've got i don't know you win trials and somebody's run 28 minutes for 10k and that's enough to get them selected for the team but then you've got somebody who's run like 27 15 you go all right well i'm going to pick the guy that's run 27 15 because it's 45 seconds faster than the guy that won the trials but there's so many variables in cross country that's where basically top six across the line should almost basically be the team um unless there's somebody like maybe one one discretionary pick for a guy that's sick on the day like a stewie that you go all right well stewie should be in the team um, if there's one as well, it means that like more guys have got to go show up and race because you can't. Like when there's three, there's, there's probably five guys going, I'm in that top three with discretion. I don't need to rock up. But when there's one, there's probably Stewie sitting there going, I'm good. Um, everyone else, you've probably got to rock up and race. But then we haven't seen Stewie run cross country for years either. No. If no, you, we haven't. Gonna, and it's 10K cross country as well. Like, Stewie's been doing less and less 10Ks over the last couple of years. I'm not doubting he wouldn't make the team because he's a freak, but it's like, well, how do you use discretion when stuff's outdated? But didn't um, Stewie say when he was on, when you were away, Brady, that he would do, he'd focus on the, he'll do the 2K? So I'm guessing yeah. he'll he'll run the 2K at the trials? Yeah, yeah. So I still you got think... more info than us. You got, you got better word than us, do you? Me. Yeah. I think, yeah, someone told me he wanted to do the individual race, but Athletics Australia wanted him to do the relay. Yeah, he told us that he wanted to do the relay, and I said, would you back up and do both? And he said no, because then it would be, you know, taking away from somebody, taking a spot from somebody that, you know, deserves it, because I'm probably not going to get the best out of myself doing both the races. Yeah, probably go to the source that's straight from the horse's mouth, not some of the stuff that comes into my inbox. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. I do think, I think I said it with Mono last week, I think, Brett Robinson and Sinead Diver, like backing up for a race, what is it going to be, six weeks, five and a half weeks after a marathon is hard. And I think they need to be in that discretion conversation. Yeah. But, yeah. Cause Brett's had a pretty good – Brett's run reasonably well at World Cross before, I think. Yeah, I think very. I think he's been top Aussie quite a few times, like 32nd or something one year, didn't he? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll find out while we're – chatting last thing i want to ask you about moose what's your thoughts on um strava you've been getting your year review popping up still two weeks yeah. to go. people count mileage you're killing strava what... wait till december 31st and give us that stuff i don't i'm not interested until i see the final number for the year yeah so am i yeah i'm with you yeah i want to count it all yeah because you can only compare it to a full year yep and i'm starting to hit my straps now so an yes. extra couple of hundred k it's so i'm I only got five KOMs for the whole year. I, I looked at mine. That's not many KOMs for a year. I've got to start pushing some easy runs to no. start getting these back. I think you ignore that one. That's the one I didn't pay any attention to. I was all well, about... you mustn't have had many then. But I just don't rate them. They don't mean anything, Strava crowns. Mm. I'm sorry if that offends anyone out there, but you're probably just overtraining if you're chasing them. You've got to have a word with our, our mate, Michael Kerners. Yeah, he, he likes him. You're talking to the, the man with the most amount of crowns in the world. Mm. So mm. he always, he'll go and get one in, the, in his warm-up, then he's going to get him in his workout, and you know off on the cool-down he's going after it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe because I just live in a town where there aren't many. 
You know, you get motivated by that stuff. Well, you get dusted by Archie in them all now. Exactly, yeah. Mm. So you'd be second place, I reckon. But like, that's why I don't care about them anymore. It's one of those things. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. They don't mean anything. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm second everywhere now. Yeah, so I reckon they should hold off with that. I was a bit disappointed to see that. Croaks, you wouldn't have got it because you don't pay for Strata. It was only first subscribers. Correct. A couple of people whinging about how they don't give it to everyone. I thought, just just line up, guys. Pay for it if you want to see your numbers. Hey, like you that. tight fucks. Yeah. Why do people think companies have to give them stuff for free? Mm. Like, you're using the app for free. You don't pay anything. Think of the like, amount of hours of entertainment you get oh, from the app. Just the privilege that these people have to think that they deserve something for free. All these, these app developers, everyone involved in that company just pumps out content for people for free. And when they're asked to maybe contribute to get access to features, they complain. That's some bullshit right there. It's like people writing in hate mail who don't support us on Patreon, Moose. Yeah, go fuck, fuck yourselves. <laughs> or people hit, people hitting us up, Brady, at like, uh, you know, if we don't release it publicly on a Wednesday, saying, "Where's why haven't you released it yet? Yeah, yeah, get it on Monday. <laughs> On the, hey, um, yeah, sorry. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear Brett's World Cross record? Yeah. yeah. So, 2013, he finished 29th. 2015, he finished 28th. Uh, DNS in 2017 yeah, and sick, didn't you? I think. Yeah. China. And uh, well, not sure where it was. And now I'm 30th in 2019. Yeah, mate. Brett That's Robinson pretty good. Is a real deal. If you didn't break that Australian record. Just been a been a hack. Put him on the team. See, that's, that's someone who who gets discretion right there. Well, they've listed what discretion actually means. You've read that, haven't you? No, I didn't read that. No. Yeah, so they, they said past World Cross Country Championships, Australian Cross Country Championships. Um, it was also... You know what? That's not looking good for Ollie Hoare. Yeah. When was the last time he did Australian Cross Country Champs? Looking or good World? for my man, Andy Buchanan, though. He's got a couple of those hanging in his lounge room. Yeah, I think, and it was stuff like um, like previous previous performances representing Australia, things like that. And I okay, should have, well, yeah, that, that, that probably looks pretty good for him. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A few different dot points there. Um, anyway, fellas, let's wrap this show up. Listeners, keep an eye out for that voting for the uh, awards. I don't think it's going to be next week. What are we doing, Croaks? Is this the big show? No, we got two. Weeks. Next week? Yeah, no, no. Next week is because next, next week will be one. the last week. Um, yeah, it'll be the last week before the new year. Oh, we've got to get that out ASAP then to get some data. Um, Croaks, what are you doing between now and then? Uh, well, Christmas. So I've got, yeah, my parents coming over and my brothers for Christmas Day. Uh, and you, hopefully you're doing job- the cooking. Yeah, well, don't have, to be, don't have to be doing too much cooking, but we'll be hosting, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully just jogging most days this week. Good. Moose, what do you got coming up? Busy week for you, wouldn't it? People in retail, biggest biggest week of the year. Um, yeah, it's a good week. Vibes are high. People are knocked off work, so it's good atmosphere when people come in. Everyone's pretty happy, and hopefully the weather's good. So uh, it's just, yeah, all-round good vibes. The um, I'll do a, I've got a race on, the, on, on Tuesday week, the Roo Run, so the local fun run. So this Sunday I might not do a, as big of a long run. Oh, I'm actually going to do a a long run on Saturday because Christmas Day is on Sunday. And so I floated that with Bree. didn't go down great, so I thought I might be able to move a few things around for it. Cool. What about you, Blokes? Sunday long run? 
Uh, I'm still recovering. I did put in a lot of people, like coaches, programs, just as happy if you move it to Saturday. Like yeah, fam- you would. Family time's mm. important, you know what I mean? Especially, and then it's like New Year's Eve as well. New Year's Day yeah, Sunday as well, isn't it? Yeah. New Year's Day, no excuse. That's a day off. Actually, That's a public holiday. That shit, we're getting out on Sunday if morning. If you've trained hard the whole year, being consistent, your Strava year in review looks good, and you want to move a couple of runs around this time to fit in with family, I say yeah, go for it. This is why you've run 220, not 220. I'm with you on this, Brady. Life balance I, is important. Don't have to treat everyone like they're an Olympian moose. Yeah, have balance. a couple of beers with your right. mates. You're such a hypocrite, Moose. You did your long run on a Saturday two weeks ago. What for? Yeah, you smashed that on Sunday. What, what, what was that? I worked on the Sunday morning. I didn't. Get, I didn't have an opportunity. Hey, you don't work twenty four hours. You got plenty of time to run. It's only you're only running ninety minutes. Come on, mate. If, if you're Sunday, saying, if you want to beat Matt Fox, you got to change your attitude. On, New Year's Day. Oh, you're going to get on the piss the night before. You wake up. You do your long run. No, That's I'm talking about, I'm talking about Christmas, Christmas, Christmas Day. Christmas Day, I pay Christmas Day. I said <laughs> okay. that, I pay Christmas Day. Yeah. That's different. Even though I don't believe it, because I'm not like, I would rather get out for a long run. I don't like Christmas much. Well, like, I'd still, yeah, I'd still do it, but it's more, there's some families there where if you've got like youngish kids and, you know, like the fam- family takes priority that day. That's right. right. Yeah. Come on, Moose. But this, this ruins other people, you're ruining other people's plans, right? That's, that's the reason. Why you wouldn't go and do Selfish. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're ruining the day for someone else. Whereas New Year's Day, what's the reason? You're yeah, not ruining someone else's day. You just hung yeah. over. Well, if you had a, if you had a good year, though, and you just want to go out and celebrate the year, you've run a couple of PBs, trained Mate, hard. You do that. I'm locking you in for another 220 <laughs> next year. <laughs> uh, I'll be just happy if I'm jogging easy. Actually, I've yeah, got that's a, it. I'm stoked yeah. because my long run will be 45 minutes. So <laughs> Give me 30 minutes without any pain, I'll take we got a we got a baby birthday this week, boys. Olivia turns one on Friday. Oh, we got a big there you week. Go. Yep, Olivia's birthday, Christmas day, then my birthday, all in the one she week. She walking? She walking? She's on the walker. You know that thing they push? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah Hudson yeah. was a bit after twelve months, so yeah. Oh, we, uh, he, he's still not walking though. She's a fucking late one. How old? Oh yeah, was she one in September, October, wasn't she? Yeah, I know. Marathon. I've got to start, like, doing physio on her or something. That's all right. They do start walking eventually. We had the same issue. You don't want to rush it. Definitely don't want to rush it. Yeah. Um, Maybe get that dog trainer some tips off him. Stop training the dog up. Start with a kid. I actually start just throwing a few treats out. (laughs) (laughs) Just, I mean, sometimes when she does something I want her to do, I just say, I say, yes, as in, like, mark the behavior so that she might do it again. Uh, like reinforce it. Um, <laughs> I've got to catch myself doing that. All right, let's wrap the show up. Thanks for listening, ladies and gents. See you all next week. Get voting. Keep an eye on the socials. Chrissy. Same to you, boys. See ya.